Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Gallardo versus Mar Stiller. Certiori to the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, argued January 10th, 2022, and decided June 6th, 2022. If you'd like to support the podcast, find the PayPal link in the show notes. Petitioner Giannia Gallardo suffered catastrophic injuries resulting in permanent disability when a truck struck her as she stepped off her Florida school bus. Florida's Medicaid agency paid $862,688.77 to cover Gallardo's initial medical expenses, and the agency continues to pay her medical expenses. Gallardo, through her parents, sued the truck's owner and driver, as well as the Lee County School Board. She sought compensation for past medical expenses, future medical expenses, lost earnings, and other damages. That litigation resulted in a settlement for $800,000, with $35,367.52 expressly designated as compensation for past medical expenses. The settlement did not specifically allocate any amount for future medical expenses. The Medicaid Act requires participating states to pay for certain needy individuals' medical costs and then to make reasonable efforts to recoup those costs from liable third parties. Under Florida's Medicaid Third-Party Liability Act, a beneficiary like Gallardo, who accepts medical assistance from Medicaid, automatically assigns to the state agency any right to third-party payments for medical care. Applied to Gallardo's settlement, Florida's statutory framework entitled the state to $300,000, or 37.5% of the $800,000. The percentage the statute sets as presumptively representing the portion of the tort recovery that is for past and future medical expenses, absent clear and convincing rebuttal evidence. Gallardo challenged the presumptive allocation in an administrative proceeding. She also brought this lawsuit seeking a declaration that Florida was violating the Medicaid Act by trying to recover from portions of the settlement compensating for future medical expenses. The 11th Circuit concluded that the relevant Medicaid Act provisions do not prevent a state from seeking reimbursement from settlement monies allocated for future medical care. The Supreme Court held um, decision is affirmed and Justice Thomas delivered the opinion. The Medicaid Act permits a state to seek reimbursement from settlement payments allocated for future medical care. Gallardo argues that the Medicaid Act's anti-lien provision, which prohibits states from recovering medical payments from a beneficiary's property, section 1396p little a 1, forecloses recovery from settlement amounts other than those allocated for past medical care paid for by Medicaid but this court has held that the provision does not apply to state laws expressly authorized by the terms of sections 1396A, little a, 25, and 1396K, little a, of the Medicaid Act. That's um, Arkansas Department of Health and Human Services versus Alborn. Here, Florida's Medicaid Third-Party Liability Act, under which Florida may seek reimbursement from settlement amounts representing payment for medical care, past or future, is expressly authorized by the terms of Section 1396K little a, and thus falls squarely within the exception to the anti-lien provision that this court has recognized. 
The plain text of section 1396K little a 1 cap a decides this case. Nothing in 1396K little a 1 cap a limits a beneficiary's assignment to payments for past medical care already paid for by Medicaid. To the contrary, the grant of any rights to payment for medical care most naturally covers not only rights for payment for past medical expenses, but also rights to payment for future medical expenses. Section 1396K, little a, 1, cap a, see uh, United States versus Gonzalez. The relevant distinction is thus between medical and non-medical expenses. Citing WAS versus EMA, not between past and future medical expenses. Statutory context reinforces that Section 1396K, little a, 1, cap a's reference to payment for medical care is not limited, as Gallardo suggests. For example, when the Medicaid Act separately requires state plans to comply with Section 1396K, it describes that provision as imposing a mandatory assignment of rights, pay, rights of payment for medical support and other medical care owned to recipients. Uh, they uh, italicized medical in that last one, and emphasis was added. Section 1396A, little a, 45, thus distinguishes only between medical and non-medical care, not between past paid medical care payments and future unpaid medical care payments. If Congress had intended to just draw such a distinction, it easily could have drafted language to that effect. See Mississippi X-Rail Hood versus AU Optronics. In fact, Congress did include more limiting language elsewhere in the Medicaid Act. Section 1396A, little a, 25H, which requires states to enact laws granting themselves automatic rights to certain third-party payments, contains precisely the limitation that Gallardo would read into the assignment provision. Thus, if Section 1396K, little a, 1, cap a's broad language alone were not dispositive, its contrast with the limiting language in 1396A, little a, 25H would be. Gallardo's arguments that Section 1396K, little a, 1, cap a has different meanings are unconvincing. Gallardo construes the prefatory clause to 1396K, little a, 1, cap a, which provides that the purpose of the assignment provision is to assist it in the collection of medical support payments and other payments for medical care owed to recipients of medical assistance under the state plan. To limit the assignment provision to payments that are already owed for past medical care provided under the state plan. Uh, but the prefatory clause defines to whom the third-party payments are owed recipients of medical assistance under the state plan. It does not specify the purpose for which those payments must be made. Referring to medical support and medical care payments, consistent with the adjacent language in section 1396K little a 1 cap a, Gallardo also proposes that the court read the assignment provision to incorporate the more limited language in section 1396A little a 25H. But the court must give effect to not nullify Congress's choice to include limiting language in some provisions, but not others. See Ruscello versus United States. Uh, Alborn 
which Gallardo contends eliminated any daylight between section 1396A little a 25H and 1396K little a1a, was clear that these two provisions echo or reinforce each other insofar as they both involve recovery of payments for medical care and not payment for, for example, lost wages. Alborn did not suggest that these provisions must be interpreted in lockstep. Gallardo's idea that one of these two complementary provisions must prevail over the other is therefore mistaken. The complementary provisions concern different requirements. They do not conflict just because one is broader than the other. Gallardo and the United States also argue that Section 1396K little a 1 cap a should be interpreted consistently with Sections 1396A little a 25A and B, which require a state to seek reimbursement to the extent of a third party's liability for care and services available under the plan. But the relevant language, payment for care and services available under the plan, could just as readily refer to payment for medical care available in the future. Regardless, Congress did not use this language to define the scope of an assignment under Section 1396K little a 1 cap a, implying again that the provision should not be interpreted the same, uh, the same way. This implication is strengthened by the fact that Section 1396K little a 1 cap a was enacted after Sections 1396A little a 25A and B, and Congress did not use the existing language in Section 1396A, little a, 25A, and B to define the scope of the mandatory assignment. Finally, Gallardo's two policy arguments for her preferred interpretation both fail. First, citing a footnote from Alborn, she contends that it would be absurd and fundamentally unjust for a state to share in damages for which it has provided no compensation. But the court's holding there was dictated by the Medicaid's Act, Medicaid Act's text, not by the court's sense of fairness. Second, Gallardo speculates that the court's reading of Section 1396K little a 1 cap a would authorize a lifetime assignment covering not only the rights an individual has while a Medicaid beneficiary, but also any rights acquired in the future when the individual is no longer a Medicaid beneficiary. Not so. The provision is most naturally read as covering those rights the individual possesses while on Medicaid, and given background legal principles about the scope of assignments, Section 1396a1cap a cannot be read to cover the sort of lifetime assignment Gallardo invokes. The decision below is affirmed, and Justice Thomas delivered the opinion of the court, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Alito, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Sotomayor filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Breyer joined. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support me, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes, or you can get a hold of me at roadscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S like the number. Uh, sorry, that's R-O-A-D-S like the truck driving roads and 80 like the number 80. Blah.